Happy Tuesday, everyone. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend. And it is a beautiful Tuesday out there. It was cold this morning, and now it is warm. And I hope the warm weather stays. I hope you agree with me, although we did need the rain. Uh, As every show, I begin talking about the upcoming events, and there are plenty because this is when we have lots of visitors and we have lots of great weather. So that means uh, wonderful events in downtown. So tonight, as you're listening to this, you are in the middle of Tasty Tuesday. Uh, We have Evan Taylor Jones uh, singing to us in Munn Park. And if you don't know what Tasty Tuesday is, you can walk around from business to business uh, who are participating tonight and get hearty samples of downtown uh, food, beverages, and sweets. And we're excited to add to our Tasty Tuesday family this month, Bedrock Wings. They are located on South Kentucky Avenue. They've been in downtown for a couple of months now, and they are joining us for the first time, their debut at Tasty Tuesday. So make sure you swing by and get some delicious wings from Bedrock. This Friday is Friday Night Live. Uh, That is a live music series that happens once per month in Munn Park from 6 to 9 p.m., Uh, One Friday per month. So we start off this Friday, uh, which is February 22nd, (laughs) 23rd. (laughs) I should know that. It's this Friday. You're listening to the radio. You know what Friday is. Uh, Vintage Five is a local band who will be entertaining us and there'll be some vendors. Uh, And of course, this is one of our rare open container nights in downtown. That means that you can patronize Lingsters or Molly's or Revival or Chop Shop or Frescoes, any place that serves uh, your favorite alcohol beverage. Get that in a plastic to-go cup, no glass, please, and walk down to Munn Park and enjoy uh, the live music. That's this Friday, Friday Night Live. And then, of course, our next first Friday is Sun and Fun. They're celebrating 50 years uh, so we're excited to to celebrate that milestone anniversary with Sun and Fun. That's on March 2nd. And March 9th is uh, the Lakeland Rotary Club Spring Obsession, their 21st annual Spring Obsession event in Munn Park from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. So 60-plus uh, uh, plant vendors and garden vendors, and there's music. Uh, and all of these proceeds will support uh Partners in Education, and specifically Southwest Elementary and Southwest Middle Schools. And actually, those students will be at the event uh, doing some man-on-the-street interviews with our vendors and uh, the customers and the Rotarians. So it shall be good time for all. You can learn more about all of our events in downtown at downtownlkld.com or on social media at downtownlkld. All right. Tonight's show is a whopper. It's going to be so much fun, and you should definitely stay tuned for the full hour because you're going to learn a lot about your downtown. My guests today are uh, Teresa Schwartz, Traffic Operations Manager with the City of Lakeland, and Jason Ehrlich, Parking Services Supervisor with the City of Lakeland, and we are going to talk about parking. (laughs) So thank you for your bravery to be here. Happy to be here. Of course, of course. All right, so we're going to get right into it. It's been a hot topic in the media, and um, we're just going to ask, you know, I'm going to ask you the first hard question, Tess. Teresa's nickname is Tess, so we're going to call her Tess because we lovingly know her as Tess. Why, I think the community, some people are asking, why are we even looking at parking? Why are we looking at changes? Why are we paying any attention to parking right now? 
Well, obviously, Lakeland has experienced a lot of growth recently. And one of the things that um, city government does to serve its residents is to look at long-term planning for all of its infrastructure. Um, the last time parking was looked at in depth was in 2016. So it's been almost 10 years. There's been a lot of growth. So we um, worked with a consultant engineering firm to put together a planning study looking at um, what it, the existing capacity is and what um, de we expect demand to be moving into the future so that we can help. Uh, it helps us make decisions about our infrastructure. Right. For the future. Absolutely. That's what you need to do. So overall, uh, there's, you know, cities have goals and, and specific to parking, you know, what when you're talking about planning for parking, you know, what do cities look for? What are their goals in, in parking, planning parking? So the overall goal for the city of Lakeland is to create a convenient parking experience for customers and visitors who come downtown. Um, the curb space uh, on street parking is a limited resource in our downtown, like, like in any downtown like Lakeland's. Uh, and we know that most retail trips take less than an hour and more turnover at the curb means more customers that can access those businesses, restaurants, and um, offices downtown. So we want to see long-term parking in the off-street lots where we have lots of capacity available. And um, we want to see the shorter trips occurring at those on-street curb spaces and have higher turnover. Right. So with that in mind, I think one of the sticking points for the folks in the community are that we, ha you know, we have rules for our on-street parking. Um, so Jason... Can you explain our on-street parking rules? Yes. Currently, the on-street parking rules allow for two hours of free parking on-street. It does allow for additional parking to be purchased through the Park Mobile app, and that can be purchased for up to two additional hours. But the main part of the rules is you everybody gets two hours free upon arrival there's no engagement within the system you get the free parking upon arrival to visit any of the downtown businesses and conduct any business that you have downtown if you are staying longer than the park mobile session needs to be engaged and that's all tracked using a license plate reader vehicle that we have to digitally chalk times for a visitors downtown so, yeah, you use the word chalk, and a lot of people still think, like, there's no chalk on my tire. They must not know I'm here. <laughs> but that is, like, 1980 traffic operations. <laughs> That's not how we do it anymore. We actually have license plate recognition technology, just like when you drive into or when you use SunPass. Honestly, that's basically exactly what it is, right? Yeah, it's, it's, like it's the, the same technology. Mm -hmm. It's been around for a while. It's widely used yeah. across the country. So it's going to digitally scan your um, your plate and then timestamp that in your system, so you know when what time someone parks. Generally, because you may not you may not be right on their heels as they're parking. They may have a fifteen minute grace period before you even get to them uh, in terms of when they parked and when you actually clocked them, so to speak, in downtown. Right. Correct. Yeah, any yeah. number of factors can right. differentiate it there. So, the, but the reality is, you should assume that your clock is ticking as soon as you park. Don't Correct. don't expect that grace period because you have no idea if it actually exists. And I think one of the other confusing things about uh, the two hours free, and just for historical purposes, because you guys have have only been in Lakeland, you know, what less than five years. Each of you have have lived here. Yeah. Um, I have been engaged in downtown in parking, particularly for 
two decades. So I have a lot of historical knowledge about why we did things when we did and how we did things. But we've always, since I've been here in 99, it was recently transitioned uh, in the late 90s or mid 90s from metered parking. We used to have a meter at every single space to the two hours free. And um, and so it's been around for a long time. It's people really, really, you know, are used to it. They like it. And um, but it, it has its challenges. <laughs> and so, you know, Tess coming from, you know, a person who's not uh, got the emotional uh, connection to the two hour parking and coming from a high level of, you know, this is how traffic operations work in, in the real world. What is what's the problem with free parking? Uh, the real challenge with free parking is that it's not free. Right. Um, <laughs> as a driver, you encounter, you know, quote, free parking, but it's not free to you in any other role in your life. Um, cars are parked 95% of the time. I've seen estimates where there are anywhere between seven and nine parking spaces for every vehicle in America. That's a uh, lot of infrastructure to maintain, and there's right. a high cost to maintain that. Right. Um, you want me to keep going? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, at, for example, at a grocery store, um, there's free parking, but the cost of that parking is baked into the prices you pay for consumer goods. Right. As a renter, the cost of free parking at your apartment complex is hidden in the cost of your rent. Right. If you rent a two-bedroom apartment in most areas of Lakeland, you're paying for two parking spaces in the cost of your rent, even if you're the only one living there or if you only drive one car or don't drive a car. Um, right. So, yeah, you've got a situation where everybody's paying for parking. It's you're just not necessarily paying for it at the moment that you're using it out of your pocket with, you know, money in a meter. So, all right, well, we're going to continue our conversation with Tess and Jason, all things downtown parking when we return. And we're back. You're listening to Downtown Dish. And my guests today are City of Lakeland uh, traffic and parking employees, Teresa Schwartz. She is the traffic operations manager, Jason Ehrlich, parking services supervisor. And we're talking about downtown parking because it seems to be a hot button issue. And uh, we wanted to just get down to the nitty gritty and bring in the folks who who uh, work it and live it and breathe it every single day from the city's perspective. So before we went to break, uh, Tess was kind of explaining to us how parking Free parking isn't really free. So I know you had a little bit more to, uh, you know, elaborate about that. Share some more. Sure. Um, so in the case of downtown Lakeland, um, the permit parking spaces used by businesses, employees, uh, downtown workers are subsidized by the transportation fund. Uh, at least they have been recently. And that's to the tune of about $400,000 per year. Um, the current cost of the parking permit doesn't cover the cost of maintaining and operating the parking spaces. Um, so especially for the $35 permits, the fee doesn't even cover half of the cost. Right. So what's happening is instead of transportation funds going toward resurfacing streets, building sidewalks, or making road safety improvements, those funds are going to subsidize the cost of, of parking for the downtown permit holders, um, which it's not a sustainable situation, um, especially with the city growing. We have a growth in traffic volumes and uh, a transportation structure uh, for funding that is already strained. Um, there are more efficient vehicles and the way we get transportation funding is through the gas tax. So with more efficient vehicles, we have less receipts in gas taxes. And so the transportation funding funding is also already strained. Uh, so that's why we need to make the, the parking fund more uh, sustainable 
moving right. forward. The people who are using it should should be paying for it. I think a lot of people agree with that concept in lots of parts of their lives, except maybe this emotional attachment they have to free parking, I don't, or reduced price parking. So we're teasing Tess uh, <laughs> off air that we're going to play the Debbie Downer music every time she spoke. <laughs> Because she is an engineer by trade. She is a lovely person, but she does have a tough job and she has to relay all this very technical information to us. So we appreciate that about you, Tess. But I wanted to give Jason an opportunity. I want to say something positive because and I want you to share with us, because as a person, as I said, who's been dealing with downtown parking for decades, we have some uh, pretty impressive new development in downtown that's unprecedented in probably any of our lifetimes driving around downtown and, and parking downtown with the Main Street Garage. Yeah, it, it's been a great opportunity for us in the Main Street Garage to take a lot of what we see every day and be able to implement it finally, um, where we have a lot where we had had a lot of empty spaces in that Main Street Garage during the business day. And we see the the struggle on street. We see the issues that people have in trying to find parking where they're coming downtown to meet family, friends, visit businesses, and not find the space that they need or know where to go. We were able to open up the Main Street Garage, as we call as a hybrid system, to mm-hmm. allow for our permit holders to continue to utilize the space and not see any change in the service they receive, but also open up the additional spaces, which would total up to as much as 200 spaces a day for the public to mm-hmm. use and to come in and use the existing policies that we have for metered parking there, the existing hours we have, and just expand the availability to the public in a public parking garage. And the utilization for it has gone up uh, week to week that we've been using it. We did it initially for the holidays and saw a good amount of traffic at that time. But even coming into a quote-unquote slower season, mm-hmm. uh, we're actually continuing to see more utilization now than we even did in December. Yeah. And people are seeing it and know that they can use it. Yeah. Tess? And, and to add to the positive things happening, <laughs> uh, if you wanted to mar- mention the the parking guidance system that we're going right. to be installing soon. Yeah, that was just approved by the city commission uh, in the meeting mm-hmm. last on, on Monday. And that's going to be an opportunity for us to install a parking guidance system in the Main Street Garage and in the Heritage Garage. They're going to be very similar, but essentially they're going to be a digital light board mm-hmm. on the front of the garage that's going to show the availability in the space or in the garage for the public to use yeah. and similar to what you see in a lot of these other bigger cities, what you see in, uh, you know, theme parks and airports mm-hmm. and, and any place like that to just know when you come downtown where you can park. So you right. don't have to think about it. And, and signage as well. I mean, throughout the entire system, you're, we're, you're looking at all the signs and where they make sense and where they don't and what they actually say and having some uniformity. We have some signs uh, that still have our old City of Lakeland logo on them up on on those poles. So, you know, we, we need – we're due for an upgrade, and I think communication is key. Uh, but I can't emphasize enough to my fellow residents of Lakeland and, and Polk County at large, 200 additional spaces available Monday That's through huge. Friday. That is huge, and it is – 30 seconds from Munn Park, it, you know, it's a 30 second walk. And that you think of all the, the places that you want to visit uh, that are all the businesses that you have access to from the Main Street Garage, uh, even on the Cedar side of that, if you walk down those streets and you, you can access those. So that is a huge development that really didn't get as much pomp and circumstance as it needed to get as a positive uh, feature of what's come out of of 
looking, you know, taking another look at parking and how are we utilizing each and every space to the very best of its capacity? Because the reality is, you know, and Tess, you you know this, Jason, you know this, the way the permit system is, is, you know, you're, you, or it has been in a long, for many, many years, is the permit holder is kind of king. And if they weren't using that space, it wasn't like it was opened up to the public in the past. If they weren't, if they were absent from work, that space sat empty, and that is a valuable piece of real estate that we just were not, we're not utilizing. And you guys, to, you, to great job for both of you. You were like, we've got to do better, and and that's that's where we're headed. We're headed for better. So we were talking about um, free parking and how it's not really free, um, and and we're not advocating, you know, for paid parking. As I said, we ha- some of you may know we had if you're paying attention to any of the news, we had a merchants meeting with the downtown businesses, and because of kind of uh, how things were presented in the media, it sounded like tomorrow everyone's going to pay for on street parking, and that is not the case. Uh, that was never the case. It isn't that we're backtracking from that. It's just that it was a miscommunication. Um, but there are, I mean, we are going to still tr- talk about on this show the real challenges of free parking because I think people need to understand if we're going to continue with the free two-hour parking, uh, you know, at least for now. You know, we're, we don't have any plans to change it, and that is a political decision, really. But there are problems with it. And as a citizen, I want everyone to understand that we need to be thankful that we have it because this is really not existing in any other community around here. So Tess, I kind of went on a tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you were going to kind of talk about the existing environment in downtown and the challenges that we face on on street. Yeah, you're exactly right. I don't know of another you know city our size that has free parking on street, um, but there's actually a, a pretty good reason for that. Um, so the, one of the challenges with on-street parking is that the on-street spaces are a limited resource. And mm-hmm. if you think about basic economic principles, that tells us that if there's high demand on a limited resource, that leads to shortages. Right. So translating that to on-street parking, when the, the limited number of available um, curb spaces that we have are free or underpriced, the spaces become full. And I mm-hmm. think that you see that when you're out there, you know, driving around trying to find a parking spot, especially around Munn Park, um, and when the on-street parking is full, drivers will cruise or circle the block looking for parking, and that adds to the traffic downtown. Ah, that's a very good point. I didn't even think about that. So it adds to traffic. And so, again, the existing environment right now, that's all sort of high level of, of why the philosophy behind it. But for us, I mean, what's our, what's our problem with on-street parking? What's our existing problem? So our existing problem is that when we looked at the results of the planning study, we saw that um, we have over double the amount of off-street parking spaces that we do on-street. Um, so what the on-street spaces that we do have, there's a lim- that is a limited resource. There's a limited number of them. And because they're free, um, they're full a lot right. of the time, especially during the peak times. And when um, street parking is over capacity like that, um, Research has shown that about 30% of the traffic downtown is people cruising for parking. So right. it adds a lot of volume gotcha. to the downtown area and yeah. detracts from, you know, people's enjoyment of it. Uh, the pedestrian experience, which is exactly. something that we're also trying to improve. All right. Well, we're going to continue uh, our conversation with Jason and Tess. We're talking about downtown parking. Uh, so stick with us.
Thanks for sticking with us. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend. We're talking about downtown parking, and we want to get right back into it because we could talk about downtown parking for hours, days, years, and never solve the problem. We're not going to solve the problem today. We recognize that. And uh, wanted to just kind of reiterate what we've said or what I've said on camera and what, you know, Tessa said in meetings. Uh, but the two-hour free parking is not going away. We're not taking that away. Uh, that is not on the table at this time to talk about taking away two-hour free parking. So everyone needs to just, you know, take a breather. <laughs> it's a very emotional subject for, for so many of us, parking is. Um, but we are having the tough conversation about free parking because I think we all need to hear it. We need to appreciate that we have it. We need to, if we can figure out a way to, to keep it, we certainly are going to do everything that we can but there are real challenges for it. And I've said this in public meetings and I'll say it live on the radio. I will say it here because it's not popular. But the easiest thing for customers to understand in terms of parking rules is pay upon parking. It's just everyone understands that if I park and I pay, I get it. So the two hour free causes a lot of confusion. And we were talking earlier, Jason, you explained the rule. And I kind of wanted to ask you, you know, what is so what do people tell you when they're like I didn't understand the rules what are what are they thinking yeah that's a, a, a great question and you hit the nail on the head with just that it the pay upon parking mm -hmm. solves a lot of the problems because you have so many different people utilizing the parking in so many different ways that you run into the what if mm -hmm. question of what if I do this what if I do X Y <laughs> And there's, there's so many different situations that can arise in somebody's trip downtown that maybe the one time that they came downtown and did something different and now they got a ticket and now right. they're upset why. So what we really see is just the lack of interaction with the system. Mm -hmm. You'll get somebody who comes downtown and they've been coming downtown for years and they always come down at night to have dinner. Ah. And they come down this time during lunch because they're having a work party mm -hmm. and they got a ticket and they don't know why because they're just so used to right. not interacting point. at all within the system and right. not looking for the sign, not knowing mm -hmm. what the signs are trying to tell them and not just understanding what they're they're trying to convey and what those restrictions are for that two hours free right. session that they yeah. get. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of dismiss people being confused about how to pay for the additional two hours because I think they're mostly just confused about the two hour free. I mean, that most people are, if they're getting a ticket, it's not because they've engaged Park Mobile incorrectly somehow. It's because they didn't engage Park Mobile because they didn't understand what two hours free meant. And I'll give you a perfect example because this is sort of my little, this is my opportunity to get on my soapbox again. So you guys just take a little nap. I'll just, I'll wake you when I'm done. Um, the whole idea that somehow, and, and we changed the signs specifically the last iteration of signage changes. And I went through that in the, in the commission meeting on Monday that we changed the signs from saying two hours free parking to up to, and those two little words are really important because People were under the impression that somehow they were guaranteed 60 minutes, 120 minutes, sorry, of free parking in downtown. And they could piece that together in any incremental time throughout the day that they wanted to. And some little magical parking ferry was following them around. And 
keeping track of that all that for that. And, and that is not the case. Like there's no there's no even real physical way to accurately do that. Even with LPR, there's really no real way for us to know when you arrive in that space and accurately count the number of minutes. Now, we can err on the side of, you know, not knowing and giving you a lot more parking time because you show up at 1.15 and we don't track you till 1.30. Well, you just got an extra 15 minutes of parking. You don't know that unless you're following us, following you. But it's just it's very frustrating that um, and, and some people will get very upset that they want their full two hours. I'm like, well, then stay for two hours when you get here. But. You know, so it's it's up to. And so just the, the way I explain it to people, it's a virtual meter that does not stop. Once you park, the virtual meter starts. And if you leave after an hour, you just forfeited that other hour. If you leave after 15 minutes, you forfeited that out. You hour and 45. That's just that's just the way it is. It's like leaving overtime on your meter, miscalculating how much your time you're going to spend and feeding the meter in advance. That meter does not give you a refund. Think, We're not giving you a refund on time. I think it's important to say with that, too, because that is something that we hear from people is that being a barrier to them coming back downtown. Mm -hmm. And that's what's very important to understand with the system yeah. is you are more than welcome to come back downtown and have another session later in the day. Just that new session needs to be paid for. Right. So if your first session ends in the late after or late morning and you come back downtown at three, it's not an issue at all to park on street. It's just right. at that time, the park mobile session needs to be engaged Correct. for the time that you plan on being downtown or extended or whatnot through right. the app there. But it, it doesn't restrict anybody from coming back downtown. Right. They they equate us us restricting, and I put that in air quotes, meaning the downtown, restricting them because we've taken away their free parking. Well, you gave it away this morning. So one of the other things that we did back in the day when we changed the signs, uh, when we went to up to, we also pushed back the enforcement time because we recognized and worked with our downtown businesses to say, look, people run in in the morning and get, you know, a bagel or they get, you know, a, a sandwich or a cup of coffee. We don't want their meter to start and knowing that we have a large number of people that just want to grab and go at you know, for 15 minutes in the morning. So we push back enforcement time. So all that morning time that you're grabbing a coffee from your favorite downtown coffee shop, we're not tracking you. It's not it's not until nine o'clock that 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 virtual meter even starts. So, again, that's all on the sign. I get I recognize that people don't want to take the time to, to read all that. But I, I, I want you to challenge yourself. If you ever leave this city Anywhere else and go to a downtown, St. Pete, Tampa, Melbourne, Australia. I don't care where you go. I challenge you to have this conversation with yourself. Do you really not pay attention to the parking rules in that city? Do you not try to figure out, okay, where can I park? What are the rules when you're in a new city? But we don't people don't want to do it in their own hometown. And that I don't understand that. So again, off my soapbox, back to you. <laughs> back to you. Um you were talking about cruising, uh, the cruising traffic causing problems. And I think that's a really interesting point because it's not just, you know, the pollution problems or even it's traffic problems, certainly. But when people are distracted, I mean, we're trying to make a pedestrian friendly downtown. So that's not good for us. Right. Right. And every one of us is a pedestrian as soon right. as we step out of our car. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> good point. <laughs> um, so, you know. There's research that that's been done. Um, Donald Shoup is mm -hmm. kind of considered king of parking. King of parking. Um, he did a lot, a lot of parking research. 
Um, and one of the things that's come out as as part of, you know, it's in his book, The the High Cost of Free Parking, is that, you know, they did a, a study and the average driver circled the block two and a half times before finding parking. And um, drivers typically spend anywhere between three and a half and 14 minutes cruising for parking with the cruising time being higher when the parking is free or, or underpriced. Mm-hmm. And you just mentioned ah. that the, the Main Street Garage is like 30 minutes a minute for tops from... Yeah. Um, from Mun Park and everything that's going on downtown. So um, a lot of people are wasting time cruising around for parking when they could just park in the garage right. and, and be on their way. Um, the other thing is that, you know, when when we have, a, a, you know, an in-demand resource that is underpriced, you know, everyone wants to use that. Right. Um, we're looking at trying to price the parking to provide 80% occupancy, and that's mm-hmm. you know one or two spaces available on each block when you come downtown. Right. So you you might win that parking lottery. Like that that's the thing you want. You're like I'm probably not going to win the parking lottery at noon on a Friday uh, on South Kentucky Avenue, but I might. And no. th- and that's what you want. You want people to have hope. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have hope when the parking's free. <laughs> right. It's not. It's not. And uh, we were going to talk about um, permit. And, and the challenges with uh, the permit users and the uh, the customer uses, but I want to save that for the, for when the segment when we come back because that's that we don't want to interrupt that. But I will admit, as we move into that segment, because I I always want to speak from a position of you know I'm in on this with you guys. I misbehave in parking in downtown, and I want to explain to you why I do it because I think it's why you do it as well, you the public. Um, because we all share that psychology. It's, it's a, it's an, we have an emotional attachment to parking. We have a a psychological relationship with parking and, um, you know, just want to have a little, little, little session on the couch to (laughs) help us all move past that. So stick with us. We'll be right back. And we are back. We're talking about downtown parking. You're listening to Downtown Dish. I'm your host, Julie Townsend. I have Tess Schwartz and Jason Ehrlich. Uh, They are talking in the studio all about downtown parking. And we were going to kind of touch on a little bit more about sort of the challenges with on street. And again, not advocating for taking away the two-hour parking. We're not taking away the free two-hour parking. That is not part of this conversation. Uh, but we are talking about the challenges that it causes for the community and how difficult it is to really have a successful system when we've got some, you know, me included, I'll throw myself under the bus, some bad actors out there. So, Jason, I'm just going to ask you the, you know, the blunt question. I know you have my tag number. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have my staff's tag number and you have every other permit user's tag number. Um are are we are we parking where we're supposed to park? Or are we parking on street? What's happening there? We see a large amount of permit holders parking on street, especially in the higher desired areas of 100 South Kentucky, 100 North Kentucky, in those areas where all those businesses are and where we see a lot of the traffic during the day. Um, a lot of it kind of snowballs mm-hmm. where – because you, you said it earlier where you have a permit holder who – has a permit in the garage, but they don't show up to work that day. So they're right. taking that space away. Well, when a permit holder is on street, they're taking two spaces away from the public at that time. Right. One in the garage and one on street. So you start to get the slow snowball effect of taking these spaces away and 
so little of our inventory is on street right. that it adds up, especially with the two hours free. The timer starts at nine. So you have everybody gets that nine to 11 free and you start getting the lunch crowd in. So you get a permit holder. They pay for some parking. They pay for an extra hour, two hours. That's now eating all the way into about one o'clock. And, you know, people coming downtown at noon, 1230 are not able to find those spaces because they're occupied by downtown business employees right. parking on the street just to be a little bit closer for XYZ reasons. Right. And, you know, I'm guilty. Guilty. I, I, I have done it. I just told my staff this week. We are not doing it anymore. I have to lead by example. We are absolutely not parking on the street. Um, but it's it's easy. And and again, that go back to that psychology and the incentives of, you know, what how do you create systems that work for everyone? It's all about supply and demand and cost pricing. And, you know, I've said it in meetings before and and you guys all know. When you go to a football game, you pay more for the 50-yard line tickets than you do in the end zone nosebleed section. They're more desirable. So why do we have this, you know, obsession with giving it away free at the curb? I understand it. The businesses want their customers to park for free. They don't want their customers to have to par- pay for parking. Um, so it's a real challenge. And, and I say that because I want everyone to understand that the city is working really, really hard to try to solve the problem within the constraints of the current system. Tess? Well, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, we, we want businesses to be able to get their customers in to see them. And the the better way to, to do that is by increasing turnover in those on-street spaces. Right. And, you know, right now we have the two hours for free parking, um, but that's also why we have full parking spaces. Right. If, if you increase the price of something, then the demand goes down. People might choose to walk, you know, a block or two instead of paying for, for metered parking. And, you know, if there's someone who wants to make a quick trip and wants that convenience, I myself am more than happy to pay for metered parking if I'm in a hurry. Right. Um, and it opens up spaces for those people who are trying to get in, you know, do their shopping, get what they need to, right, to, get, to get to go order or something and, like that. And, mm-hmm. and leave. Um, and so by pricing parking so that you have about 80% occupancy that leaves a couple of spaces on every block so that when people come downtown there's parking available right exactly so you know when the as jason pointed out we're taking up two spaces every time we park now i really you know have to make sure that i'm not not doing that because the the permit holder can't park in my spot now the main street garage we kind of freed that up a little bit there's that shared use but that's the only place we're doing that right now because we have that flexibility you've got other lots in downtown that are probably going to stay permit only at least for now um and so and i'm in one of those lots so my parking space that i pay for the permit of if i'm parking on street i'm taking up two spaces um and we're not going to change the behavior of those employees by just asking them nicely um, or guilting them into it. Um, a lot of them don't pay for their permit at all. Their employers pay for it. So they really don't have any skin in the game in terms of financially. And so I don't mean to be hard on everyone, but I'm being hard on myself because I fall into this category with you. What would incentivize me to not park on the street anymore is having to pay as soon as I, as soon as I park. Um, that's not what we want. We want to stick with our two-hour free parking. I want to keep on reiterating that. That's what the public wants. That's what the downtown businesses uh, want to to do. We still have some, you know, work to do in in uh, making that happen for us. But I think 
the big thing is that tomorrow, if every permit holder respected their permit and didn't park on street, I wonder what the environment would be like. <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing all of this maybe because of the misbehavior of the few. That was, that was profound. Everyone got silent. <laughs> so um, in addition to sort of that bad behavior, I guess, uh, we have commercial trucks as well. And so I know you have some thoughts about that. That's a, another pinch point. We've got a busy downtown with great restaurants that need supplies. They need those trucks to come in and deliver their goods. Uh, and the the we have limited on-street parking and the alleyways are, are hard to get in and out of. So how how do these folks get their deliveries, Jason, and what kind of challenges and, and um, conflicts does it cause? Yeah, again, it comes down to just the dynamic nature of downtown where there are so many different entities operating in different capacities. Uh, we see a lot of downtown deliveries happening during the peak lunch rush. So that adds now a semi-truck mm-hmm. into the equation of the circling the block, trying to find parking mm. spaces, um, you know, in, in, in taking up that area. Right. So the pedestrian hazards that occur there. So trying to find ways to mitigate the safety risks of it especially, but also to have that not be another issue for people coming downtown right. at, at, at the lunchtime. So the trucks will park on street. They'll block people in. So, you know, you might be stuck downtown an extra half an hour because there's a Cisco truck there. Um, Sometimes we'll see three different delivery trucks Mm -hmm. downtown from one company where it could just all be on one truck and and just more efficiently design of the. Yeah. And that's difficult to coordinate. I've had conversations with those delivery companies. And, you know, again, you think it's a simple fix. Just put it all on one truck. No. It's like, darn it, it's not a simple fix because sometimes they're coming from Orlando or Tampa, Cisco mm-hmm. trucks, but it's not the same thing. Yes, you had something. But if if business owners could coordinate their deliveries to be de- delivered earlier in the morning when we don't have that rush lunch, that would also help the, the parking system and, and the general operations downtown. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's challenges with that because we've had those conversations uh, as with the downtown merchants about staffing being available to greet those trucks and unload and, and all of that. So there are lots of challenges. As I said, we are not going to solve uh, all of the world's parking problems. If we did, we'd be bazillionaires and be on a beach in Tahiti somewhere. Uh, even Lakeland's problems we're not going to solve. But I think we're all committed I think staff is committed. I think the downtown businesses are committed. Uh, and I hope that the public is committed to, you know, taking their own personal responsibility of learning the rules, uh, paying attention to your uh, surroundings and looking for the signage. There's going to be enhanced signage. I'm looking very forward to the enhanced signage. Um, and, you know, just trying to make the system the best it can be as it evolves, because it is evolving at all times. Right, Tess? I mean, it's not going to be stagnant. Right. And and what we've just done is a planning study. It's going to take several years to implement the the recommendations in the planning study. So there are things that we're looking at doing in in a, you know, 3 month, 6 month time range and there's things that could take several years. Right. Um but it's giving us a roadmap going forward. Right. And that's that's I think the knee jerk reaction from the public was you laid out years worth of ideas and plans that that could happen or, you know, should happen in some cases. And everyone thought that's starting tomorrow. (laughs) So we will, again, reiterate for the public one last time. 
two-hour free parking is still on street in downtown Lakeland. Please take the time to um, ask questions of your parking staff and look around in your surroundings and learn and park in the Main Street garage. It's now available every day and ride the squeeze. I got to plug the squeeze. So Tess, Jason, thank you so much for taking your time to be here. I truly appreciate it. Uh, Thanks everyone for listening until next time.